podcast. I'm your host, Clint, uh, otherwise known as Crackerfall. And today we are joined by Matt, also known as No Face, and Emiliano, also known as Ronan LD. It's been a a second. It's been, yeah, it's been nine months. Um, We've all been. Has it really been that long? It has. Nine months since our last episode. I, I, thought about calling you impromptu at six months and i was like guys the podcast is dead what do we do about it but no we we still care we're having a lot of fun with the podcast so i think uh we're super happy to get back into it um but yeah super busy i had a youtube channel explode and so i've been busy doing that youtube slash crack and fall youtube sl- <laughs> and twitch Twitch stream. Oh yeah, sorry stream. about that. Um, and that's been pretty fun. I can talk about that. But first, what have you guys been up to the last nine months? Uh, <laughs> you want to take that one first, Ronan? Oh, oh I well, guess I'm taking that first. Okay, he's pointing at me for those. Of you yeah, who yeah. I'm pointing. I'm not watching the video. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So, uh, I had this thing called real life kind of interfere with me a lot and it doesn't exist. God, it was terrible. It doesn't (laughs) exist. There's video games and there's grass and that's it. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess, um, yeah, it would have been right around the time we we recorded the last episode. Uh, since then, just real brief, uh, I managed to total two cars, uh, get mono, go undiagnosed for about six weeks and then have like two months of recovery. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I feel like a bad friend because I didn't know about any of this. (laughs) Well, I didn't really tell anybody. Like I didn't, I didn't say anything because like, I think the most I would tell people is like, Oh, are you busy? I'm like, no, I just got, I have to work on a car this weekend or whatever. That that was like the most, uh, I would tell people really. Um, and then when people like in, locally you know that i see like on a regular basis like people at the gym and things like that uh they would text me and be like hey i haven't seen you at the gym for a little while i'm like oh, i'm just busy dying it's fine um <laughs> which I, okay i did hear you say that yeah. so okay yeah i was gonna say if you know me that's probably a pretty common response as you've heard me say before um, <laughs> but yeah um those are the biggest oh and during that time period i also enrolled in like a master's program and so it it was being, uh it was a rough uh nine months masters for what yeah uh and i knew i should have looked this up before i said this out loud Uh oh he doesn't know what his masters i hope you're not paying paying a ton of money for this (laughs) (laughs) don't don't at me okay so it is because this is the thing it is i i always just tell people it's it stuff because it is some combination and every college does it different and that's why i never can remember it it's some combination of the words management, information, and systems. I don't know what order they're in, but yeah, it's a... Inform- information systems management, probably. Uh, sure. I'll go with that. Because information it, systems, I think, is a practice or, or a field. Because I know the university locally calls it management information systems, and that's what always okay. screws me up. Well, so never I mind then. I, I well, don't yeah, know that's, and that's the problem is that like everyone's <laughs> just like, we're going to use the same three words. But we're not going to put them in the same order. What made you to think, uh, what made you decide to go back to college? I really would like to blame like, you know, a long night of drinking or something like that, but I don't drink. So, um, <clears throat> cause I always tell it realistically what it was is that at work, 
uh, I've basically, my boss basically told me, he's like, hey, you have, you're, you've, you've peaked. Like, there's nothing else for you to do here. You're uh, officially too qualified. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. It's like, Lovely you're too excuse. qualified. You're, you're too qualified, but we have nothing higher for you to go to. Like, you're, you're maxed out here. And so, unless you like respec or whatever, um, or go to another company, which I don't really want to go to another company, but we'll see. Uh, you know, I needed to get something on paper showing that I have other skills than what I'm actually doing at my job because there's nothing, there's no more advancement in my current position. Hmm. And it's, it's also, it's, it's interesting. Like I enjoy it. So. I mean, that's nice of your, of your boss to give you that talk. Oh yeah. He's, he's awesome. Like he's a bro. I love okay, it. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I was he's like, saying, hey, dude, you know, I can't do more for you, so you got to do more for yourself. Like, that's that's cool. You don't yeah, I'm over here being that sus. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you if you want to, you can put people in positions based off their prior experience and they can train it. It happens all the time, right? And like people who are unqualified are put into positions that they don't deserve to be in, but they have the history in the company. And it's it's the the interpersonal relationship that got them there. Right. So that makes me think that, well, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to make you no, like, no, 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 rain on my parade, do it. Wow. <laughs> well, it makes me think that either, either there's something specifically holding you back. That's an interpersonal thing. Cause I don't know your relationship with your, your, uh, your bosses and stuff, but, or they don't have the budget and they don't want to say it because then that's getting most people disenfranchised right now. Or <laughs> there's something holding you back. They're like, well, we don't want to put him in any of these positions. Um, I mean, it, obviously, if if there are no open positions, then. Or he's that, just a that's nice like guy. The simplest. That's, that's Occam, Occam's razor. Helping yeah. out a cool dude. I don't know. <sighs> See, here, yeah. here I am because I like as soon as people start talking to me about careers, I'm like, OK, you should just gun for the best thing that's available to for you. And I'm like, you know, do what you need to do to like raise yourself up and, and go. So I'm like, OK, so they're telling him he has no future in the company. No, no, no. So that, that's not <laughs> that's not what I said. That's I said, true. I have that's no true. Future, I have no advancement in my position, like in the current career path that I'm in. I can't like I can't go anywhere else. And that's 100 percent true. That's my perspective of you should always be moving up. That is like totally my bias. So, yeah, well, there's there, so <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, my current position is I, I'm like the basically the head of learning and development for my division. And so learning and development has a, don't get into it. It's there's no career development whatsoever. <laughs> like you, you, you're just always, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to train people or you're going to manage people who are training people and then also train people. And I am at the, like I've gone as high as I can in my company. And so he's basically, that's what he told me. He's like, Hey, there is, not a whole lot left for you to do in your current position. Uh, we want to sure. retain you in the company, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> and he's like, I, he, cause he straight up told me, he's like, whatever it is you decide you want to do, uh, I will help you get wherever you want to get. That's in the awesome. Company. So That's yeah, awesome. he, he is, yeah, as Clint Ryan said, a bro. No, for sure. I'm, I'm working out. off of limited information here. I'm, I'm, I'm just BSing and advocating for my friend. But uh, no, I appreciate because I, I I agree with you. Like v the vast majority of the time, uh, that, 
yeah, does bring <laughs> it does bring me to a question that I thought of is that you know Emiliano, have you ever thought about going back to school? I have. Um, it's just it's kind of hard right now because a lot of stuff we're doing are for the kids, you know. Sure. So I don't know. Like I I feel like at work especially too. Like you know I have a guy that kind of works with me. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, he, he's doing a lot more of, uh, I don't know, like the updates and server kind of maintenance stuff because he'll do them at night, late at night or on the weekends, you know? And I'm like, I I don't have that leeway. So I've kind of, you know, I'm not doing as much of that stuff and more like more data management or data, you know, stuff as opposed to, 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 to server maintenance which is kind of part of what we do too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, but here's my thing too. If I did go back to school, it might not be for technology. It might be for something else. So what you would, know, what like, would you do? Like if you could, if you could, if you got a full ride right now for yeah. a degree bat, you know, undergraduate or graduate, what would you do? I mean, funnily enough, like laws always interested me. Um, oh man. But you know, and for <laughs> me, it'd be more like constitutional law has always been something that I've, enjoyed um so yeah i'm saying like it it, it, might, it might not even be technology related if i did go back to school yeah or like a master's or higher higher education so interesting that, that's pretty cool like i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest with you, i've always been interested by law as well i've just never wanted to go to law school because i've heard i had so many friends that went there and were like oh it's terrible yeah. like it's very yeah. cutthroat and i'm like nope not for me that's one of those things like I took, okay, this is like super armchair, but in all my electives in college, undergraduate were useful. Like it was something I could either grow into a minor or pivot if I wanted to. So I, I was doing a business minor and that included business law. It was two, two, a, a full year of business law. Uh, and I loved the law. Like I loved digging into law like cases yeah. and, and reading case theory and stuff like that. But as soon as it got to like past the interpretation of the law and then the strategy, that's where it kind of broke down to, for me because it was like lots of grunt work, lots of drafting and writing and, you know, very careful wordsmithing. And that that is just like way too much work for me. Yeah. <laughs> My brain would burn to a crisp. Yeah. But it's always been interesting. I mean, you know, constitutional law, even patent law. Um, I, oh, dude, I, patent law. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <sighs> um, so like, I, I don't think I would like trial lawyer, lawyering or whatever. I don't think that's, I, I don't know. That just doesn't seem, but I like, I don't know. I like the idea of kind of getting into like the nitty gritty, the weeds, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's cool. I, would you go back to school or are you, st- are you still going to school or are you not? I'm not going to school now. Um, don't have, uh, I have youthful looks fool you. No, <laughs> dude, I don't know how old I look. That's like another conversation. Um, so maybe we'll survey at the end of the podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, I love school. Like I love learning, but uh, okay. I don't love school. Yeah, I love learning. Big distinction. Yeah. Yes. And if there was a place where I could go, regularly on a schedule and learn from people who are experts or highly experienced in a field, whether it be archaeology or history or 
Um, uh, chemobiology. Chemical biology? What is that? Biochemistry. Thank you. <laughs> it took me a second. I was like, wait. It's like chemo. What is he talking about? No. Uh, just any of that stuff. It's fascinating. Like um, yeah. I did a lot of lab science in, in my schooling. I did. Uh, I took a lot of history classes. So I would love to just go learn about that stuff. Now, when it comes to grading and assessment, that's where it breaks down for me because I can do it, but it's not fun. Um, and then there's the other side of the coin where it's like professional advancement. Like I would love to get a master's in computer science. Um, I would not love getting it, but I would love having it. <laughs> um, but what, and then what same, would you, what would you need it for though? Cause like a, a, a master to feel more secure in my job. <laughs> okay. Cause yeah, really? Cause, cause I don't, just, it doesn't seem like you would need it necessarily for skills, you know, <sighs> This is where we start to break down like what kind of developer I am and what are my strengths and weaknesses. And I think algorithms. What Ronan is trying to say is that you are already a master of computer science in our hearts. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lie. (laughs) The test test uh, results determined. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Like a degree in computer science was more for like management as opposed for actual like hands-on stuff. So, well, computer science theory is lots of mathematics and algorithms and like deterministic computation, right? Like I would love to have a better practical handle on that. And maybe, maybe a master in computer science wouldn't actually help me with that. But like my algorithms are good pragmatically. Like I, like I could, I can use algorithms and I can reach into my schooling to like grab what I need to get the thing in front of me done. But it's hard for me to keep a handle on, on that kind of stuff and use it in novel and intuitive ways. And so I would love to have more schooling around that. Cause like, you know, um, the more you practice, the better you are at it. And it would force me to practice. Um, I don't think I really need it like for where I am and, and the, the type of work I'm doing. Uh, in fact, I've talked to people who say, no, you're fine. Like, what are you talking about? You don't need it. Yeah. But I just feel if I were to be compared to, you know, this brings up, this brings up something <laughs> that maybe I'm a little broken inside around. Cause like, I assume all software developers have a certain level of standards and like, they're good at this and this, like they are good at algorithms. They are good at building like world-class web applications from scratch and well architect witnessing imposter syndrome in real time. Is that what's happening right now? It is. It kind of is. And so like, I expect people to be so good at everything. And then when I actually talk to developers and, and throughout my, my, you know, professional career, like developers have not been, that good at that, at those things, or some are good at this, but then they're bad at communication. And then it's like, (sighs) I guess I would go back to school to be the, the developer, the ideal developer that I want to be, which is maybe not the best use of my money. Um, just see if your job will pay for it. (sighs) I don't think they do right now, but I think they're trying to make that happen anyway. It, it it was just an interesting thought. Like school 
especially as it is right now is like such a trade-off. And so um, I've been thinking about going, going back to school for all of those reasons. Um, like if I, if, let's say it this way, if I could just quit my job and go to school for the rest of my life, I might do that. I'd be super happy just learning all the time and playing video games in the evenings. Um, what's Paul that face? Shore did it in Encino Man. So maybe oh, really? Use, use him as a template in that movie. Did that, I, I don't remember what in, how Encino Man ended. Was it a good or bad thing? <laughs> I, it was a comedy. I don't remember. But okay. I just remember he was like at school for years or something like that, I thought. Wasn't Encino Man the one where they like thaw out the caveman? <laughs> yeah, uh, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Brendan Fraser is the oh, caveman. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm, this is a 90s movie, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Did oh, you hear, forgot, not hear the name he's, Pauly Shore? He's, he's too young to remember that. I am, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like you said Encino Man, I'm like, wait, I know I've seen this. I just haven't thought about it in 30 years. That's well, funny. I was trying to think about a movie where they were, in, and I thought that was one where, like, he's in school forever, or tries to be in school forever. But, I don't know, anyway. but like, <clears throat> yeah, there's always those people that are just like, oh yeah, like you don't have to pay off your student loans until like you're done with school, so you just like stay in school forever and you never have to pay them back. I'm like, yeah, that does not sound sustainable, but sure, it works that way at all. But um, I don't um, want to test it for sure. What have you been up so, to, Emiliano? So yeah, yeah. I really quick. Um, nothing as as uh, I don't know as earth shattering as, as that. But a, a lot of it's been involved with my kids. You know, um, my oldest right now is in select soccer. So like Monday through oh, cool. Monday through Thursday, we're at the soccer fields either for practice or goalie practice. He's a goalie. He's pretty. I think he's pretty good. But he always takes it hard when he gets scored on. You know. Um, yeah, you just got to tell him that's the defense's fault. I played keeper for years and it was always yeah. my defense's fault. <laughs> no, I mean, he's had great saves and he's kind of kept them in games. And, you know, like the idea is they have to beat everyone in your team to get to you, you know. So, um, yeah, um, we, we actually went to Hawaii for spring break. And um, oh, cool. that was that was really what fun. island uh, we went to Maui. Nice. My yeah, was grandmother good. was born in Hawaii. Oh, uh, born on Maui. I mean, did you go to Which, Haleakala, in Hawaii? The what? The what? Where? Did you go to Haleakala Mountain or the volcano? No, no. We 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 stayed at the resorts and then we went into, um, that city. Oh God, I can't even think of the name now. But there's like a giant banyan tree in the middle of of the town, like in the town square. Oh, I don't um, know it very well. I've uh, been to Maui once. What it? kind of tree? Banyan? Banyan tree? Is that the one it's with like, the roots that kind of grow out yeah, of the and it, like, top the, of the, the ground? The branches and... go way far out, and then it keeps planting like roots. So it's like one giant yeah. tree over like It a, almost looks like vines come down, and then they plant themselves as yeah, roots. Yeah, and they become roots Excuse to me while I prop Google. itself up. Um, but I forget, I forget what cool. the city was called. Although, we did find a gaming store in the town on the top floor of like um of a building that was right across from the street and they had like warhammer like a table of warhammer stuff it was great <laughs> nice. it was like well this is cool what a find yeah yeah so uh, the kids That's bought cool. some stuff from there and uh yeah yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Are your kids into 40k we're, we're starting to get into it if like, you can help um, it <laughs> we've, we've we, we we bought a kit and we're painting 
some of the blue Marines. Um, and then um, we were up in Los Gatos during, during Christmas visiting family. And there's a Warhammer store up there. And we bought a, a starter set, a box set that comes with like a map, two factions, and I think like debris in the middle or whatever, and and the rules like a starter a starter box for learning the rules. Is, is it? Are you are you playing like real or not? I don't not to diminish it in any way. Are you playing real forty k? Are you playing like kill team? Um, I don't know. We we haven't we actually haven't 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 had a chance to really open it yet. We're still kind of painting the figures and stuff. Um, but I want to, but it's just you know I don't know. It's been other stuff. Yeah, but, um, and and, and I, I heard Warhammer is actually in the process of revamping the rules. It constantly. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I, I yeah. heard they're going to kind of streamline it, and they're making some minor changes to the figures as well. Um, yeah, they, they do that every so often. Um, if there's one thing, as someone who used to play a lot of 40K, like I would play like one game a week um, pretty consistently. Uh, so, go ahead. W- what is Warhammer 40k? Oh. I mean I I vaguely know, but for those uninitiated cuz it you do have to be initiated. <laughs> so All right, if you've ever played anything like StarCraft, uh Warcraft, things like that, like the real-time strategy games or just turn-based strategy games, it's like that but in real life where you have like little miniatures uh, of things like you have little men. I did not know that around and yeah, but it's, it's the same sort of thing. They have like special abilities they can use. Um, They can only shoot so far away. And like, if you're playing like the full 40 K version, there's so many like tape measures and all sorts of stuff involved. And like, you have templates (laughs) to be like, Oh, like his, like, (laughs) Uh, whatever his flamethrower has a cone and it hits these people, but like this person has half cover. It's what's the angle that that piece is is facing? <laughs> no, legit. And there's like so many mechanical uh, wow. different things to do. It is like I loved it, absolutely loved it. And for those of you 40k nerds out there, I played Tyranid. Don't at me. Um, <clears throat> but they have there's a newer version that's called Kill Team. Because like in, in full 40k, you have like what's known as like a 2,000 point army, and depending on what you play, that could be hundreds of miniatures that you're putting on the table. So it's a huge monetary investment to buy that many, and time investment to paint that many. And you have to paint um, them, yeah. They're, yeah, they're all grayscale. Yep, they they, huh. they come in like a you know like a model airplane, like those little you pop them out and you glue them together and you paint them. Um, but they have kill team now, which is basically everyone roughly depending on your race or whatever fields maybe like 10 to 15 units and they're much quicker games they're much simpler and everything so um if you're interested in 40k in any way and interested in playing it i recommend kill team yeah yeah all (laughs) that stuff so this is one Uh, faction uh and this is the other faction on the other side of the table i think i have a picture wow yeah so see and that's the table so the reds on this side and the other teams on the other side so th- th- this is a t- like this is a big game. Like we're we're not here yet. We're we're at maybe like 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 just like this small group here at the front. That's like what we're doing. Yeah, you know. But because uh, I I yeah. I'm aware of 40k, but what I want like I want to get into 40k. Not that there's apparently a ton of lore. There are dozens and dozens there's of books. books. Yeah, oh, yeah. there. Yeah. There's video games. There, oh, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of 40k, there's and a lot I, of I hear like games. 
and a lot of good video games. You just gotta right. You gotta it's kind of like uh, expanded universe um, novels for Star Wars, where like there are some really really stinkers, but there's also a lot of really good ones like Timothy Zahn and and Drew I mean, Carbishan and, and and Warhammer has like a future 40k version. There's also a Warhammer set in the past with like orcs and well, I guess there are orcs in the future one. Yeah, the, there's, there's like Warhammer 40k and there's Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah. Okay. So, cool. it, so what's with the books is, then? Do, it, it, like, it, it how do the books do interact with the tabletop then? All right, let me get my whiteboard out. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's ignore the question. Let's ignore the question. <laughs> no, 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 hang on. I, I, I've got a real succinct, succinct answer for you. Um, basically, there's the tabletop game that have all these units and then they had some like loose lore associated with them being like, oh, there's like some bugs that are just spreading. There's a swarm spreading across the universe. And they're like, oh, there's these like ultra beefy space Marines that like are, you know, Marines. Right. Yeah. And then they basically said like, oh, let's actually like link all this together. And they wrote a whole bunch of books and basically took all these things, all these like little you know, like the Grimoire cards from Destiny 1, and then they wrote, like, books upon books upon books of this whole universe that's 40,000 years in the future, and it's, yeah, there's just a ton of lore behind it. You need to know none of it to, to be play. able to play the game. Yeah, no. yeah. Like, to play the game, you just like, all right, my, my unit can shoot that one, check. Yeah. Got it. Okay. But, you know, and there are, there are all these factions, and within these factions, there are smaller, like, you know schisms or groups and stuff and so uh, that's that's heck, that's what i like like yeah. like fully realized universes that are like there are space operas within there are economics in and, like in political intrigue and yeah and and i feel they're constantly moving the story forward because i feel like each revision or whatever kind of changes like you know they add new heroes or they they retire heroes you know sure um so like the like yeah, the, like the story's it, moving forward in inside their world or whatever it's basically what i'm hearing is it's basically star wars plus starcraft if it wasn't held back by being like the Disney. world's number one franchise well if, <laughs> if it were done well i guess you know with good writers uh, yeah. and, uh, good directors and, <laughs> you got you got me there <laughs> if it wasn't owned by disney but but like there's there's not really a good group in 40k right they're all kind of they're all kind of different shades of bad from from what sure. i remember from my minor dabbling yeah <clears throat> um there is that that's why like 40k is definitely known as like the grim dark universe you just have basically you choose how you want to be evil you know there are <laughs> there's definitely like uh some races or anything that like appeal more because they you know only, they they only like you know genocide a few races instead of all of the races and things yeah. like that. But yeah, everyone is a little bit evil. <laughs> They're cool. They wear blue shirts. We yeah, won't kill them. Um. So yeah. Anyway. So, so yeah. So we we're trying to get into forty k a little bit. Um. So yeah, uh, Matt. If you want to get some games going, you know, we could try to <laughs> set up some video cameras. Absolutely. Video I don't. Cameras. I sold my army. So. Because oh. it, it was, it was such a money pit. Like I was just like, oh, I should get like the because again, I think at the time I sold my Tyranid army. I probably had four thousand points of um, Tyranids, which was like 
three tackle boxes, like big tackle boxes of minis. And like, and I was just constantly like, oh, I should like, I need to get the Turan effects. Oh, I need to get like another Venomorph or whatever so that I have just in case I need it or just in case someone wants to play like a 5,000 point game, I'm ready. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was because if you want to play 2,000 points, you have to select what units you want and things like that. So you have to have probably twice as many available in your tackle box so they're ready just in case. And like, yeah, it's, oh man, that's years of my life. I'll never get back. <laughs> well did well, you enjoy you, yourself um, at maybe, least yeah. maybe we'll talk offline about painting tips and stuff because like uh, oh no i feel whites, like I'm... our whites are always just really bad and doesn't they don't get up paint well i don't know but anyway anyway that's so funny. that's 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 me kids busy just you know yeah eventually eventually they'll be they'll be a little more self-sustainable they can drive and it'll be nice Oh dang! How old? They're still young. That's years, you know. Because I'm at the park from like five thirty to seven, Tuesdays and Thursdays, seven to eight, Mondays and Wednesdays, you know. And then we got two hours on Friday or Saturday for a game, um, or a weekend away. So, yeah. But cool. It's good. Yeah, I've been busy in a dark room, not going outside basically <laughs> living well, the dream you have, I like, see. the second most popular youtube channel in my area right wait really <laughs> i don't know just i'm trying to think of a in my area I was like, in I my know. area in my, my area. in my subscription feed <laughs> <laughs> no uh yeah i my channel blew up because i did a reaction of a really crazy and awesome guy named let's game it out and uh i did it as a software developer um, well, at first I did it as a, a raft completionist cause I completed the game hundred percent. And then, then I transferred that to software development reactor reactions. Um, and we just talk about how software works and what I, you know, what little I know about game development engine, game development and game engines. And just kind of like thinking about the interactions between elements in a game that would make the bugs that he exploits, um, which is really fun. Um, so trying to currently build that out into a more established channel. That's not just reactions, but at the same time, I don't mind doing them cause it's fun. And, uh, lots of people are super, super excited about the channel, which is like the coolest thing ever. Um, I, I cool. enjoy your reactions. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> hey, it's, um, uh, for, for yeah. your first merch drop, I want that shirt <laughs> oh, no. with all your faces, face reactions from your videos on him. Oh my gosh. That, that's I mean, be your first merch drop. Dude. No, I'm sorry. Crack and fall is going to be there, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. Okay. I, I feel like there's a moral problem with putting my face on the front of my merch. Like I don't want people to be wearing my face. Why not? On okay. their chest. <laughs> if you have a problem with that, I respect that. We will do it for you. Oh no! <laughs> I gotta read up on DMCA now. <laughs> yeah, send us all the high res images of those thumbnails. You know, because the ones I took are all low res and they're crappy. So I deleted them. It's gonna. <laughs> Which no, hold, yeah, hold, hold no, on I'm a, a second. Is that 
Is that a neon sign in the back behind you? It is. It's backwards because of the camera. Just, no. But it, it, says, I, it says it's right side for us. It's right side for us. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. It's backwards for me. Uh, crack attack. Yeah. Whoa. Did you make that? My wife gave it to me oh, that's for so cool. Christmas. Yeah, it was it was super cool. Like she didn't talk to me at all. She just yeah. did it all herself, and it was amazing. And it fits perfectly with the channel and everything. So I was super happy about that. That's great. I love it. Yeah. But yeah, okay. I, I'm like stuck between make like being more official about the channel and managing it better, and 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 like growing it. And then also it being my part-time thing. That's my major problem right now is like I'm realizing, oh, I have a full-time job and it's not healthy to have a full-time part-time job at the same time. And then, yeah, I'm not allowed to stay up until 4 a.m. anymore. Let's just say that. So I'm slowing down, trying to like make it more sustainable and, and, and at the same time get better and elevate things. And I'm experimenting with different types of videos and, topics and yeah it's, it's it's just been really fun and uh meeting a lot of people a lot of software developers that also play video games um a lot of people who want to be into it and uh and just people who love video games and that's been the most amazing part about it and the most fun so so like um you meet them on stream or is it like in your comments on videos or in stream? Yeah. So I have a discord server. Um, yeah. And that, that grew pretty fast. I've been kind of keeping it a little bit locked down cause I don't want just everybody in the world joining and then having like a moderation problem. Cause I, yeah, yeah. You don't have any discord monitors right now other than AI and, and, uh, not AI, but like bots. Um, and, and, uh, some friends, but, um, yeah, but Twitch stream, like I, I stream every week, a couple times a week and, uh, they show up for that and I'm still doing reactions. I'm actually doing a lot of video recordings on stream now. Uh, and that helps. Um, and then a lot of them come into the discord server and, and talk and I have a Twitch moderator moderation team now. Um, and they're Whoa, all like, fancy. yeah, they all volunteered. So if you're listening to this and you're a Twitch moderator, thank you so much. It's, so cool i tried to like give them perks and and like figure out some kind of like compensation and they're like no stop we're just here actually they demanded cat pictures they did they demanded cat that's correct yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i i post exclusive cat pictures of hobbs and luca um which i got another cat um Did we talk about, I had, I had Hobbs and Gunther and Gunther died last year, hmm. uh, but we decided to get another cat for Hobbs and he is a sweetie. He's super cute. He's a super rascal. We have to keep him out of everything. Um, he's like, tries to do everything. He tries to bite cords. We've got to stop him from that. He tries to bite our hands and he's slowly getting weaned off of that. And he tries to bite Hobbs and then Hobbs, whoosh, slaps him beside the head he's learning not to do that and it's it's yeah. been fun i i didn't think you could you could train cats you can i think what people don't know is that cats respond to positive reinforcement so you need to teach them the right things to do not re- punish them for the wrong things hmm. 
right? So like dogs, you can, you can very like sternly discipline dogs and then establish yourself as the alpha or I don't actually, I'm not a dog trainer, but I've heard a bunch of different methods out there, but, um, you can punish a dog and have it understand that this is the thing that you're getting punished for. Cats will just be like, what did you do that for? I don't understand. I'm like, I'm standing I did in your wrong. food. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't understand why you're hitting me or, or, you know, whatever hissing at me or, or whatever you might think to do for cats. But if you, if your cat is scratching on your couch, you know, you don't want them to do that. Put a scratcher next to the couch. And when they scratch on the couch, move them to the scratcher and then give them lots of love. And then they'll be like, Oh cool. If I scratch on the scratcher, this is the right thing. Um, and, uh, it also mean like when they're kittens, that's like 90% of your reinforcement is easiest when they're kittens. And so, you know, teaching them not to bite your hand just means stopping your hand from being a biteable thing. Like don't, don't make it a toy. Like they're, they're trying to like, roughhouse with you and be a pack mate with you. So if you just kind of not be present in that dynamic, then they're like, Oh, okay, well that didn't get me anything. So then they'll just naturally move on. Or if you have a toy, even better, give them the toy when they're trying to bite your hand, they'll do it to the toy. Um, and you just have to be really consistent. And I, I think people with dogs, dogs are so much more do the thing see the discipline, see the results with cats. You just have to do it over and over and over again until they finally get it. So it's a object permanence thing. Almost. I, I feel like this is a, uh, you know, subscribe for more cat training tips. Got, I mean, yeah. got a moment. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I just went into the spiel. Like we, we, we have had to do a lot of, of learning about cats and we, we've talked to behaviorists before. Cause when Gunther was having all of his medical issues, uh, Hobbes had this thing called, non-recognition aggression where the smell on Gunther was different because he went to the the vet for overnight or whatever. Um, and so cats recognize like cat, when I see your face, humans are really good at, at seeing faces and understanding and recognizing people by face. Cats do the same thing, but with scent. And so Hobbes was having like a trip, a wire trip in his brain that says you are an absolute stranger and you are, you are encroaching on my territory. And so he would, he would literally try to attack Gunther to, to keep his territory safe. So we had, to, we had to do all kinds of learning and, and like figure out, okay, how do we, how do cats work? How do we reintegrate them? How do we make it work and, uh, and bring them back to the original relationship they had? And we did get there. It was just, you know, Apparently, not a lot of people know about non-recognition aggression, which is insane. Because every time you go on the internet and look it up, they're like, this is a very common thing. And it's like, nobody knows about it. What are you talking about? I mean, <laughs> I didn't know about it until you brought it up yeah. uh, one time. And, well, I mean, I also, I've never had a cat. So there's also that. It's true. Um, well, here let, let 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 me ask something because I because you mentioned that you don't have too too much long too long, um, but I want to bring it back to your developer roots. Well, I can talk to, to to Clint. Oh, look at that! He came to visit. Look at that! So yeah, that one's Hobbs. This is Hobbs. Yeah. Nice. Well, so so Clint, let me ask you this in your capacity as a developer. 
and sure. in your capacity as reactions to raft videos and how they did all these glitches and stuff. Yeah. I know that a while ago there was all this discourse about, and I won't say the game, I won't name the game, but about games that are buggy. Oh, okay. Know? And do you have any like, you know, because people were all were all <sighs> dogpiling on developers for their buggy games, you know. So, and, and I, I just, I, I was wondering what your thoughts are on bugs and games, and the developers, I don't know, responsibilities or yeah, for sure. So there, there's there's two sides to this. There's the software development side, and then there's the game development side. And game development is a huge practice in addition to software development. Software development takes, in order for it to be good, you know, depending on what you're trying to do. That, that, okay, let me step back. Software can do anything, right? And so when you think, when you try and group software together as being like good or bad, or good software does this, good software, like it doesn't really work. You have to, kind of look at what the software is doing. What is the value it is providing? You know, if it's a calculator, a good calculator calculates and, and like is easily, it provides the results easily and it allows you to input things easily. It's very simple. But when you talk about things like Instagram or, you know, web, something you're on the internet or something you like a game you run on your machine, they do very different things. And they also do a lot like of really involved to complex things. So at the core of it, software, it takes a lot of communication. It takes a lot of developers working together and it takes a lot of management understanding where those developers are in the process of developing that thing. It's, it's extremely hard, you know, and there's, there's a lot of processes that go in just managing people and their work to consistently produce outcomes because the software you can, you can spend 10 years developing a simple thing and you could rewrite it. You could make it pretty. You could, there's no limit to number of things you can do to actually finish that software. So where do you draw that line? Well, that's a philosophical conversation that is going to take people communicating to actually decide and deliver. So when people talk about games being buggy, like games, and I, I know I'm kind of taking a while to get to this point, but games <laughs> are a miracle. People need to understand that games are a miracle because games are highly creative systems that not just provide entertainment for you to consume. Like you can sit and watch a Netflix series and all you're doing as a user is, is watching it. But games pull you in. They interact. They provide you with an experience and they use a wealth of systems like mechanics to actually engage you and make you feel things, you know, and the beauty of games is it makes you feel things at a deeper level than I would say like movies and, and, you know, music would, it's different. It's different. Obviously there's, I'm not going to start that rabbit hole, but yeah. Um, Cause they're, they're, it's they're amazing. Bad games, they're good games, but I, yeah, I, I, good get, games, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Good games are amazing and they're a miracle. And the amount of human communication and management and like effort it takes to make them happen is it's like heroics, right? So when games come out and they're buggy, like I said, like you could do any number of things to make software better. And that includes making new features, making it prettier and cooler and newer or fixing what's broken. 
So at the end of the day, it is 99% of the time the manager's fault when games get released that way because they're the ones that call the shots and then hit that button that says release. You know, and and they're also the ones that are responsible for monitoring the progress of that game and determining if it's if if the progress at every step of making that game is good. You know, and like it it it's there's a lot of gray areas. So I'm not trying to say that like manager it's managers suck and it's 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 their fault. Like yeah. there's a lot of difficulty in being a manager for software as well. But see, and, and but I I think one of at the, the end of the day, it's they're the one pressing the go button. Yeah, but I I think one of the things that's a little harder too in the instance that I'm thinking of is like a live service game in instance. Sure, has you know, if I feel like there's deadlines associated with that, you know, regardless if it's ready or not. Um, in addition, there's like a lot more code involved in a live live service game than like in a in a ten year game that you release. Not necessarily. No. No. I mean, what is a live service game, right? It is it is a game. Well, okay, this is Do, do you want we, a real answer to that or <laughs> Okay. Live service games involve at a high level technically technically involve like three things, right? You've got the client, which is the actual game executable that you download from Steam or whatever onto your Xbox or PS5 and you run it. That's that's a group of code, um, and it needs to be able to talk to the service, right? And that's what live service games do is that, you know, it's like an MMO where there are servers and then the client, but I said three things. I think it's – I'm not doing a good job of, like, breaking this down, but what I'm trying to say is that live services, there's not just one server, no, right? There are many servers. They are developing not just one game and server situation like call of duty. You've got servers that host the match. What is a match in a live service game? There are many different kinds of matches in destiny, you know, destiny two, you've got, um, raids, you've got patrols, you've got nightfalls, you've got strikes, you've got a bunch of different types of things. And the most efficient way to do that is not to like build one server and host all of those different kinds of activities in one. It's like each server each type of match each service has its own architecture you know if you're smart you're going to write those architectures in the same way so you can maintain them in a you know unified way right and that's probably your teams communicate with each other you'll write them in a similar (sighs) way that's right now okay (laughs) that's exactly it and because if you have you know five development teams and one development team is in charge of raids and one development team is in charge of strikes and one development team is in charge of patrols. You're going to want those services to look the same, right? But if you just tell them to go make those things, they're going to make things radically different because people think differently, right? There are, there is, there are standards in software, but there are many ways to do it. And there are old standards and new standards and two years in software is an eternity. That's like a decade in, in, uh, like material manufacturing or cars or something, right? Um, things change so fast. So, um, and tooling changes fast. So you like the, the software, you use software to make software. And so as people develop software like Visual Studio or your, your IDE, your, your um, interface to design editor, I, the thing you use to make code, 
I was going to say, I was like, I don't know that I've ever actually looked up that. Acronym. I don't know either. <laughs> but your IDE, Visual Studio, Java, uh, what's the Java one? Um, whatever your language is that you're writing the software in could have different versions. And the older your versions, the less tools you have. And, you know, people are always making it easier to develop code. But, you know, if you're using an architecture that uses five-year-old systems, then you're probably going to have to use five-year-old tools as well. And there's just so much complexity. And people people that say, oh, the developers suck. It's like, yeah, probably some of them do. But there's probably a, a lot of amazing ones. And the people making the decisions at the end of the day are responsible for that. That's why they. That's why CEOs make buku bucks, right? It's because they're they're having to field all of these decision. Um, well, that's a that's another conversation. Okay, yeah, let, let's not say the, the CEO. Yeah. That's why managers make buku managers, bucks, right? Yes. <laughs> let's not say CEOs because that's like you know it'll get musky in here. Um, oh. <laughs> Managers make buku bucks because they have to feel all of these technical challenges and decisions to like make the best path forward to develop a product that actually works. And, and did you say at the beginning of this, that's exactly what you don't want to do with your career is be the manager that yeah, makes like all those decisions and, yeah. and makes people work together. Yeah. It's tough. Did I say that? Was that earlier? Yeah. You, you were saying that people wanted you to be like uh, an executive. So that you, because you were really good at putting those. Pieces I think that may have been in, may have been in our pre-recording discussion. Oh, well, if if, if people watching this, so yeah, I don't want to be a manager. About, <laughs> did say it? I swear, I swear. He said it. Well, okay, I don't. Okay, I I only have thirty minutes of memory, so that's past thirty minutes. I don't know. I think that game development is hard, and that games being buggy sucks but it's usually always the decision maker's fault like arc um arcane's redfall oh wow that Have game it? no because okay. i watched the reviews yeah yeah and that game should have been terminated like three years ago yeah arcane's but a good studio i'll i'll bet you anything that there's a manager somewhere that said we've put this much money into it we cannot throw this away sunk cost yep and then, uh, and at the end of the day, they're like, man, this thing's, a, this thing's a stinker. What do we do? Do we eat the cost of paying all these developers for five, five years to make this game and just not make any profit of it and just take the hit? Or do we release it and get as many people to buy it before they see the reviews as possible so that we can get at least a little bit back? Well, what, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, we know what they decided. They decided to to release it and try and burn some of their goodwill. But it's, it's also to, on Game to make Pass, that money. Though, so like not everyone. Yeah, but they, they, the studio gets paid for, for Game Pass. They just basically get like a lump sum up front or whatever, yeah. depending on the contract and right. stuff. But like, oh it, and the thing is that happens like in every industry, like you're, there's always going to be times where you have to look at a project and be like, Ooh, do we kill it and just lose this money or is it in a state that it is releasable? Um, you know, and so, yeah, we I put not... it back in the oven for another five years or three years or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's, yeah, again, that is not, that is also not a job that I want. I am a okay with just being like the cog in the wheel that says like, Hey boss, man, 
you told me to make this thing, I'll make this thing. Like I'll make more widgets for you. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Okay. We should have a stream of playing Redfall because it's cooperative. <laughs> just, just, just to hear Clint talk about rail on it, rail about the game. I would, I would both play. I don't want to do and that. Watch that. <laughs> I, I can't rail on the managers by what I show in game. Well, no, I don't mean about the that. managers. Just, just the state. The dirty of the laundry. Yeah. Came out right. We get to see everybody's dirty laundry. And the people that worked on it probably are good. They just didn't have enough time or, you know, well, I'm not going to go. I was about to go in the rabbit hole of like what can break down in development and like how communication matters. And that's like, that's a big rabbit hole. And I feel like COVID messed a lot of stuff up too. And kind of, we're still kind of feeling the after effects of a lot of that to this point. Let's put it this way. When before COVID you could, if you needed something from somebody, then you could either schedule a meeting or go sit on their desk and be like, Hey dude, can I talk to you for a sec? And then they have to, you know, unless they're like a really (laughs) unashamed person that can just bark you out of your, their office, they had to answer you and you, they could at least say like, no, go away. Or like you could, you could go bother them. You can't do that necessarily in, in COVID times in remote work. You have to actually work with people and get them, like on the same page as you and be like an actual reasonable person, you know, all all of these people, basically this is, this is an evolutionary event for shitty personalities. Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed like COVID messed up a lot of development for certain games, not all games, just certain games. Well, I want to, and and I want to preface this by saying, for those of you who do not know, I am, I am not, a developer in any of of any sort like i don't uh that is not my jam um but i will say covid changed how development works how well, how remote teams work because we all had to learn how to do whatever job for those of us who are lucky enough to you know be able to be remote to do xyz job remote and so yeah i think it's definitely changed uh, a lot of stuff. And I think what we're witnessing now is just kind of those growing pains that are associated with that. And I That's don't fair. think, I think at this point, I'm pretty sure most companies have made that adjustment to yeah. where the remote work is not as detrimental. People have learned how to communicate and they don't have to, you know, go physically sit on someone's desk to, you know, to find them kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I realized I went a little bit strong on, my bias, which is that communication is necessary in order to collaborate with people and, and produce a better, like, like I'm a very collaborative person. I want to get the best out of everybody. And so that we can all point in the same direction and make the best product possible. Um, that's, that's like a tenant of DevOps, which is, you know, the culture that I try and build in, in software. Um, but you, I realize that not everybody does it that way. Like a lot of people will selfishly, not selfishly, but they will try and stick to what they're doing and like keep everybody out of their pie until they're done with it. But that's really like you waste a lot of time when your pie is made of blackberries and the customer asks for cherries. And <laughs> like, like, like that's one of the things that you can do to, in, to make software more um, efficient 
build software more efficiently is to make sure that you're building the right thing. You know, that's why agile is, is so popular because you're checking in constantly. Yeah. And when used properly. And that's another conversation that, yeah, I, I've been realizing how much, cause I love agile. Like I think it just is, makes ultimate sense. Like the, the core tenets of agile make sense for how software is because software, you do have to check in on it like frequently and you need to make sure that you're iteratively improving in order to make the best thing possible. You can't just set out and build one thing because you're going to build it in a really mutilated way that doesn't actually match what you want it. Even one person developing the, you know, if there's an open source project that one person's building, even they're going to kind of like, look, okay, is this doing what I want it to do? Um, when you work with multiple people, you got to do that. It just has to be with multiple people. But, um, yeah, I, I, I've been hearing that people don't like agile, like, like developers in the industry right now do not like agile. And I was like, I'm sorry, but that's not going away <laughs> because we're not going back to waterfall. <laughs> Any system is only as good as your implementation. So, yeah. I, that's, yeah. that's and any implementation is only as good as the number of times you've iterated. So, so what, those I mean, what if you're like me and you get it right on the first try? What's agile? That's and every developer ever that thinks that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm perfect. I'm amazing at software. And so my work is good the first time. You don't need to test it because my work's good. No, Ronan, Ronan uh, brings up a good sorry. point. People may not know what Agile yeah. is. What is Agile? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Or Waterfall. Do we need... Uh, okay. What it's a it project mean? management method, but the long and short of it is Waterfall means you, ha- you like think about what you're d- working on. Like, what is the end product? And you define it. And you just say, it's got to be this, 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 and this. And then you define all the way down to like how it's designed. And then you just work on it until it's done. The problem is software has like issues. Like it can be developed in a way that doesn't work or that design is flawed. 99% of the time people don't do it. Like the, the people aren't just super big brained enough to, to get it right the first time. So agile is the method of like iterating where you will do a little bit of work and then you'll check in and be like, is this on the right track? And then you do a little bit of work and you check in, is this on the right track? So it's like, so it's like, a, then, it's like a, a methodology. It's a methodology, yeah. Okay, I was thinking it was like and a then software like that. Oh, wow. Oh, no, 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 okay. sorry. No, no, yeah, no. it's a practice. And then like there's a team involved in the core team and how that team works is kind of defined. And, and that team needs autonomy. So they need to be able to make the decisions on how they work rather than having some big wig who doesn't know what, you know, so what what language you're working in even they're like no you guys need to use this you need to use big data or you need to use the blockchain or you need to use you know ai oh, blockchain wow yeah um and they don't know anything about it and then they can totally basically destroy the development of the product because the team doesn't have autonomy to to develop what they're working on Anyway, this is like <laughs> I went on a super so rant. Yeah. I don't know. Up. I don't know how we got here. <laughs> but well, we, we, well, initially it was supposed to be a way to get you to rant about software development, but you didn't. You're very you're too reasonable and well thought <laughs> out, and it messed everything I, up. But uh, I love when software development works. 
And I love it when people work together and make the best product possible and that, you know, it's testable and easily maintainable. And, and every time you make a change, you can automate everything it takes to like get that to live without any issue and have it be good for the customer. And, uh, that's like the ultimate automation is to automate all sides of it. And, uh, there's not really much to rant about, you know? Well, I was, I wanted you to rant about buggy games. That's what I wanted you to rant about. But well, okay. It was, it was too, it was too well reasoned and thought out. And I was just, ah, I, I just released a video about legend of Zelda tears of the kingdom and how I wasn't hyped about it. And it's because basically I've killed hype in my life. Like I'm not allowed to get hyped anymore. Cause it's like, <laughs> I don't like being disappointed to that degree. And I, I don't need that stress. Right. And so I would stop watching pre-orders. I mean, I would, I wouldn't pre-order. I would stop watching trailers and all that, etc. And, uh, I think it's the same, like what that's allowed me to do is now like when games are bad, like Redfall, like I wasn't looking forward to it anyway. So I don't, I don't care. You know, was anyone looking forward to Redfall? It was just, <laughs> was I think a surprising so. amount of people. Yeah. 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 Okay. But like, what's, what's another big one that failed? Fallout. Um, Andromeda. 76. That's like five years old. Yeah. Oh, you Both recent, of those are like five years old. Yeah. A recent failure. Whew. Well, there's been a few that are like, um, God, well, like all the PC ports lately have been terrible. Yeah, terrible. that's true. Resident Evil. So yeah, not necessarily a new release. Really but. See the the PC ports kind of illustrates my point, right? Cause it's, it's like the product already exists and we already know it's good. Last of us was terrible on PC when they ported it over. Why was it terrible? It's a computer, right? A console is basically a computer that has one spec. So why was it terrible when they brought it to PC? Well, because there's a lot of technical things that you have to do and you have to manage that porting over. And like, it's how people work and and the problems that are faced and how you, the decision-making around solving those problems is really critical. And, uh, and then I don't know. Making I sure feel for it, the developers. For sure. Because like you were saying, like it's that one person or a group of people at the top that are just like, well, it's good enough. We'll make money on it. Push it out. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things I hate is the minimum viable product that I, I cannot stand that. Like I understand <sighs> the purpose of it, but it is so ill used and I'm sorry. We should not talk about this. This is a completely different can of We, I actually need to go here pretty soon, but like MVP, <laughs> I also hate it, but I think it's necessary. Like you sure, must sure. have the minimum product to find. It's just guess who makes the MVP, the decision makers. So when they define what is okay to release and what is not, then chances are it's going to be skewed towards what is profitable and not what is good for the customer. And so it's their fault when the MVP is lower than a good experience. And MVP is most minimum viable product. It means like, the definition of the product in its most bare bones state. What is the first version that we could release? Like, and, uh, will will the application do the thing we want? Not will it be easy does it to do use? it well? Will it look good? Is it yeah. efficient? It's will it do the thing? Yes. Hmm. And uh, if you're smart, then you will include some kind of customer persona in the MVP, which is like it must be. It must do this for the customer. Or it must meet this customer experience. 
Mm, that's not so sounding games, too like, minimum crack. I don't know about that one. 30 FPS, 60 FPS. Like that's, that's an Come easy on. metric. <laughs> 24. Yeah. 24 FPS. Embrace <laughs> tradition. This, the input lag is terrible. Well, um, before we go, how about we just talk about what we're, what games are playing currently? Tears of the kingdom. hundred percent. I thought you hated I, the hype. No, I wasn't hyped. It meant just meant I wasn't allowed to get overly excited. Is it good? Uh, in fact, it's amazing. Wow. It's really good. If you like Breath of the Wild at all, 100% go play it. And if you haven't played Breath of the Wild, go play it. It's, Would you play Breath uh, of the Wild first or skip straight? Ooh, that's a tough decision. Maybe that should be next week's or ne- next podcast's. I have to Next go, episodes. I have to go finish Breath of the Wild topic. and then go buy. Oh, come on. <laughs> I haven't finished I yet. would say in terms of story, you don't need to. You can pick up Tears of the Kingdom 100% and they'll give you some recaps on, on what happened. But the experience, Breath of the Wild meant so much to me that like I, w- I want to say go play Breath of the Wild first. That being said, there are a lot of things that they make easier in Tears of the Kingdom that you could save yourself some some annoyance a lot of quality of life changes lots of new features there's a new fuse mechanic where they can you can fuse objects in world or fuse your weapons yeah it's really cool and like i i haven't really start to started to explore like what kind of weapons you can fuse together like i haven't put fruit to a stick yet and see you know like like are there potatoes in breath of the wild or tears of the kingdom can i make a potato stick potate like I want to. So, cool, Matt. What, do you what about you guys? Well, this game, Matt. What go for playing. it, Emiliano. You want to go for it? Uh, I'm in the process right now of stopping playing a bunch of mobile gotcha games that I've been playing because they waste. They take up a gosh darn amount of time every day. And I'm like, I'm okay, so this, happy is, this, for is you. this is enough. <laughs> And the reason is because I started playing Honkai Star Rail, which is another gotcha mobile game that I'm actually enjoying, yeah. you know. So I'm in the process of getting rid of all these games that I'm playing mobile games, deleting yeah. off my phone. It's very hard because you invest so much time. And if you get in at the beginning of a video of a, of a mobile game, you know, long term, you're rewarded for your patience. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a waste of time. So Honkai Star Rail is what I'm playing. And I'm going back right now to the Division Two, which I'm enjoying because I'm tired of Destiny Two. So I'm going back to TD Two because D Two is is pissing me off with all the bugs. So we're gonna, yeah. But anyway, Matt. So really, I'm not playing a whole lot of any video games. Um, <clears throat> this uh, this spring, I had a uh, a class that took up a whole lot of my time, so I didn't play a whole lot of anything. Uh, and realistically, the only time I ever play anything is, is I'll play occasionally. I'll play some destiny Two whenever, uh, cause like Rachel's brother is playing a lot. And so like, I'll play with him occasionally, but I mean, I played maybe like an hour or two a week. Uh, and I've actually been playing games in real life with some of my friends because contrary to popular belief, I do have friends. Um, <clears throat> and so we've been playing, uh, some board games, um, if you've ever heard of like werewolf um, it's or mafia, same, same sort of deal. 
we got like ultimate one night werewolf, which is a whole lot of fun. It's a lot more chaotic than regular werewolf. Do I? There's a movie based on werewolf. Really? They made a movie based on that game. Hmm. And it's actually kind of funny. It it, yeah. it has the AT and T girl is it a in good it. Good movie adaptation. Yeah, it's a movie video game adaptation. adaptation. And it's I'll, I'll send you a link. I'll find. I'll send you a link. It's yeah. good though. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, but but yeah, just real quick. Some of the board games we've been playing is um, uh, Ultimate Werewolf, uh, which I, I don't know. It's kind of a board game. Cat Lady, which I know sounds stupid, but it's very cute, very easy, and a whole lot of fun. Uh, Eshkaton, which is kind of a dark. Uh, deck building game and then a new one one of my friends just got me was is the king is dead which is basically um you know in england the king has just died and every like every faction is vying for power and you're basically trying to take it over again pretty easy to learn uh real fast but also can get very chaotic at the end which i'm starting to see a theme in the games i like here so um yeah, cool. I've, been play- I've, I've been playing a lot of board games which uh if you ever watched our board game episode uh I have opinions on board games. <laughs> <laughs> would uh would would you play um pandemic like the legacy? The uh, the, the ult- I don't know, I don't want to call it the ultimate version, but the version where like it's all sealed and as you play you open things. Yeah. I forget what it's called uh, though. Yeah, those those are le- they're it's pandemic legacy. Yeah. Um, I've played Risk Legacy. I've never played the pandemic version, but okay. yes, the legacy type games are super fun. I love them. Yeah. What about you, Emiliano? I, well, I, I said Honkai Star Rail and uh, Division. Oh, 2. that's right. Sorry. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Um, we have got so much to talk about. We've got the Mario movie. Did any of you see it? Don't say it. But we've got we've got Destiny because I there was a Destiny DLC that got released. We've got so much to talk about. So I I think. I can speak for us all when I say we're super excited to get back into the new episodes. Um, so thank you for watching or listening. And uh, yeah, I don't actually remember how we closed the podcast. It's been so long. We, we have a Twitch and a Twitter or something, don't we? Oh, yeah. You can follow us on Twitter at W, w sometimes. Or is it winning is, sometimes? Is anybody? I have no idea. We'll put stuff in the description. the description. There'll be links. Look at this. Oh no! Our, our, uh, winning our, sometimes our editor, on YouTube. Our editor will post links here and yeah. here or wherever. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're we're good at this. I swear. Um, thank you for listening and watching. And I hope you have a wonderful month. We'll we'll be back next month. Bye. Bye.